The Weird, Wacky, Wonderful Stories podcast is now proud to be part of the Low Tree Studios podcast network. To enjoy more great podcasts like this one, head along to lowtreestudios.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weird, Wacky, Wonderful Stories podcast with your hosts, Shelley and Bella. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 83 of the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast. Hi everybody. So today we're doing things a little bit differently, aren't we? Hey, hey, aren't we? That's your cue. Aren't we always doing different things? Well, yeah, but today we're doing something different, different, because we are going to do this particular show without any form of edit. God help us. You heard it here. Uh, <laughs> you're going to hear all our ums, all our errs, all our procrastinations. And is that because you're too lazy to bother, or no. is it because we're too broke to pay our son to do it, or is it you just don't care? Hey, listen, Bryce is 18 this month, so A, yes, too broke, B... Too broke? B, Bryce is going to be going to university soon, and... The edit is going to be down to us, including working full-time, so, yeah. Uh, no, 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 there's no us after the record button goes off. That's true, actually, yeah, okay. The edit will be down to me as well as working full-time, That's and right. I really don't have the time. So, we are trialling this. It's a show without an edit. So, if you hear any mistakes, if you hear the doorbell ring, if you hear a fire engine go by, because we are on, we're on a main road, and at the end of this road, we've got a firehouse, as you Americans would call, and also an ambulance station. I said ambulance. 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 So, bear with us, okay? Because we are two guys. Well, a guy and a gal, I was but two people. Say, what are you talking because about? Because you're one of the guys. You know, we're two people. Sat in a home, not in a professional studio. Coming up today, we are going to be looking at different sayings that we all use and we've used probably for years and don't really know where they came from or how they originated. So we're going to be doing that. We used to play this game a lot before I moved here because we would be like, oh, I wonder where that came from. And then we'd have to look on the internet and figure it out. Yeah, this was while we were whiling away the hours apart from each other you in the states me in wales and yeah just trying to find anything to talk about that was the hardest part for me having a long distance relationship was just listening to the amount that you talk fuck off (laughs) and now you make me do this and now i've got headphones so I can. I worked on a university paper all day today. Noise cancelling headphones, amazing. Twenty minutes, I finish, and now I'm in here. Well, you know, I've been waiting for you all day. Over the coming weeks, we've got some interviews scheduled. So we are going to speak to Paul Sinclair, and he's going to be talking about his new book, Night People. That's going to be really interesting. We've also got a little bit of a change because I used to watch this show called Dangerous Flights. It was on Discovery. And it followed a group of ferry pilots that 
getting these fairy pilots. Fairy, F E double R Y. What? Okay. Not fairy as in a fairy boat. I wasn't you. Okay. Do you want to explain your outburst? Sometimes back home, they used to, because you can't do it anymore, but used to call people that were gay fairies. Fairy, that is. F A I R Y. I'm saying fairy. F A I. I'm saying F-E-R-R-Y. F-E-R-R-Y. Ferry. What are you talking about? They just fly it from here to there. Yeah, they ferry it from here to there, you numbnuts. Well, I don't know. Anyway, they essentially pick up planes that they don't know the history of. They could be in terrible condition. They could be unairworthy, and they have to get it to another location, sometimes on the other side of the world, where the planes are only designed to fly a couple of hundred miles in some cases. So This particular one was from Louisiana to Kenya, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the one that we're watching today. So, anyway, Which we had to pause right in the middle of, because... we got to come and do this. I had to come in here after I worked on my university paper all day. See, now I usually cut all of this out. Aren't you guys glad that that's usually what happens? We are going to be speaking to Kerry McCauley. He's one of the pilots from that Discovery show. And he's going to be coming in telling us about his new book that he's got out and about some of the crazy situations that he's got himself into doing the job that he loves so much. And you say you want to learn how to fly a plane. I'd love to learn how to fly a plane. I've had one lesson which you lovingly bought me for our anniversary. Mm, yep. I noticed you paid the insurance on it pretty quick. Let me just say that. <laughs> yeah, you made sure that you had. You made see, sure you had the top-notch insurance with that. See, that was the plan. Yeah. You, I you spent was not. 50, you spent fifty bucks on the on the flying I, lesson and two hundred bucks on the insurance. I spent a couple of hundred dollars on that. But <laughs> see, the plan was for just you to go. Yeah, yeah. See? And, and then we and then got you, there, and then you spoiled my plan yeah. by making me come with. Yeah. So. Buying the insurance you didn't fun, do me though. a damn bit of good, did it? You had it? fun because you held the camera in the back. Yeah. It was good fun. Anyway, so that's going to be an interesting show, that is, as well. So yeah. we hear about some... That's the wonderful part because we can do anything with this name, can't we, Weird Wacky Wonderful? Okay, let's get on and deal with some of these phrases then. Bella, what have you got there? Cat got your tongue? Well, I did pause a little bit. Well, seeing how you were just saying, like, all you had to do was listen to me, maybe I shouldn't say anything. And then what'll happen? <laughs> then there'll be a hmm? whole lot of quiet on this show. So anyway, they say that this phrase came from either a whip being called a cat of nine tails, which I'm glad I've never seen. Um, Have you never that seen was, that whip? Well, not in person. Well, not obviously. Well, anyway, I mean, you know, we do weird things every once in a while. Whoa, <laughs> steady on. <laughs> right, Remember, so, no edits. So... This was used by the English, <laughs> you, you, you mean bastards, to flog and punish people. And they said that it often left their victims speechless. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then the other one is from Egypt, where they used to cut liars' tongues out and feed them to the cats. Yes, yeah, it's punishment for, for doing different things. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I reckon I, it's probably more likely that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that if I was flogged with a cat of nine tails, I would definitely be making noise. My brother whipped me once with some... Don't look at me like that. <laughs> he whipped mm. me once with, with you know, like a, a cane for the garden. I think it was either that or some kind of rope or whatever, but he swung it and he whipped me with it. Oh, my God, the pain. <laughs> we, we didn't used to have whips in school. We used to get, as for the cane, we used to get the dap, the dapper, used the shoe, the trainer, oh, sneaker. Oh, right. yeah, no, I never... 
they, they used to call you out in the front of the class, and I had it a couple of times. They used to call you out in front of the class, and the mean fuckers would make you bend over and touch your toes. So the backs of your legs were already hurting because your muscles were all stretched because you had to touch your toes. Just when you got down there, thwack, right across your ass. Of course, there is another version of this that says that the witches used to use their cats, you know, their familiars, to steal the tongue of somebody to prevent them from telling other people that they were a witch. Actually, mentioning witches... We would really like to get someone on the show who is some kind of good witch or white witch or something like that. Glenda the good witch. Because we think that would be a fantastic, well, not fantastic, but fantastic as well, but fascinating conversation, definitely. What's wrong with fantastic? Well, because I corrected myself. I said fantastic and fascinating. See, that would have usually not made the show. (laughs) Well, yeah. There's a lot that doesn't make these shows. There's a lot that I have to cut out with you saying. I Mm -hmm. cannot. There's no way of filtering you. We're going to either gain listeners or lose a whole frickload of them. Well, it all depends how this turns out, because if it turns out that bad, then I'll be editing, won't I? The walls have ears. Now, this is quite interesting because it was believed that there was a network of listening tubes that were installed into the walls of the Louvre Palace in France. It's believed that because the Queen at the time was learning about lots of different plots and lots of different things were going on due to these tubes, that that's where... Yeah, that that is where it actually came from. The walls have ears, so that's quite interesting. Not to be confused with one called The Hills Have Eyes, that's a horror movie. Anyway, moving on. Go on then. Bury the Hatchet, so... There's a little bit of dispute about this one, actually, but some say that when the Puritans and the Native Americans were negotiating, the Indians would bury their hatchets so that there wouldn't be any fighting. I can't see that myself. No, me neither. Why would they bury the thing that's going to protect them? Yeah, exactly. They just say, because don't use you your just... hatchet against someone. They still need to cut down trees. Well, Still need pl- to be build fires. And plus, it doesn't say anything about what the Puritans did. Yeah, exactly. How about caught red-handed? The idea behind this, or, or what's believed to have started this off, was that there was an old law stating that if someone had butchered an animal that didn't belong to them, that they would be punished only if they were caught with blood on their hands. So I guess, you know, they butchered the animal, the blood's on their hands, their hands would be stained red, and therefore they would be punished. Mm. If you butchered an animal, now this is this what I would have done, Butchered the animal with gloves on. You got away with this scot-free. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, well. I wonder where that comes from, scot-free. What would be be interesting is, right, I kill my neighbor's, you know, whatever, some animal. Give me an animal. I kill my neighbor's cow for some beef, and I invite, I wash my hands, and then I invite my neighbor over for dinner to partake in some beef. And then tell him he's eating his own cow, but he can't do anything because I don't have any more blood on my hands. What was that horror movie that we watched where they ended up eating part of themselves, I think? Or wasn't it Hannibal or something? Yeah, well, well yeah. Well, yeah he he sat brain, at the dinner he? table, yes, and, and he ate his own brain. Yeah. While his head was cracked open like a flipping um, boiled egg. Yeah. And liked it. I know, it's nuts. No, it was brains. They had to crack his nut to get to his brain. <laughs> This all started, by the way, the idea of this show started today because, you know Tom from Reminiscing with Tom? He sent us a message and he asked us why, in this message, people in the UK use the measurement, the weight measurement of stone. And he asked me why that was. And and I tried to play like I knew exactly 
uh-huh. where it came from, but I didn't. I had to I had to Google it. Ye old Google. Ye old Google. And ye old Google told me that actually it comes from there were in the UK and in the Germanic countries, it, it says, which is northern European countries, they used to trade and use stones that were weighed to a certain weight within this trade. And one of the things that they used to sell a lot of from the UK was wool. And the stone that was used to weigh out the wool was £14. And that was the one we kept. So when all of the other stones of different weights were got rid of, we kept hold of the £14 one because that was the one that was most useful to us. And, Why didn't uh, they just make it like £10? Was that the normal average sheep that you get off a of wool? A sheep that you get off the wool? <laughs> you get off sheep? I assume so. What if so? you had like an know. extra fat cow? I mean, sheep. Sheep. Oh, God. <laughs> what, what if you what just... an extra fat one? We're getting, getting ready to buy... Don't say they won't have more wool. Well, no, I'm just saying that they, the, the majority of the weight difference is their fat, isn't it? I know it's got to go round more. I don't know, but they taste good. Lamb. Lamb, yeah. We had lamb today. Yeah. Which I cooked because you were studying. More like lamb jerky. Listen, we like it that way. <laughs> now you've made me look bad. <laughs> I didn't make you look anything. We have lamb chops and I really like them and so does Bella. Like done to death. Cremated. Like crunchy. Cremated. Honestly, they taste so good. <laughs> and the like the layer of, of fat that goes around the outside. It's you crunchy. Know, it's crunchy it's like, like pork um, crackling. Oh. Yeah, it's like lamb crackling. <laughs> yeah, so good. Anyway, blood is thicker than water. Where do you reckon that came from? Have a guess. No, don't look at it. Have a guess. I don't know. You're no good at this game. So people may well, think... Well, you're not either if you say don't look at it. So what are you looking at? <laughs> I'm looking at it. I've got to read it. <laughs> so obviously it's used now to mean that you put family ahead of friends. But actually... It was probably used as part of a a shortened version of the saying, which was, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the room. (laughs) Water of the room. (laughs) Jeez, Shell. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, and it referred to warriors who shared the blood they shed in battles together. These blood brothers were said to have stronger bonds than biological brothers. So that is actually where it came from. So... When you say blood is sicker than water, actually, the original phrase meant the opposite. Well, and then we've got somebody else who has disputed this one as well. And they said that it actually refers to how old covenants or contracts were made. An animal was cut in half and the two halves were laid on the ground a few feet apart from each other, forming a path. The two making the covenant would walk down the path saying, may this be done to me should I break my oath. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what happened to me just now? I just lost the internet on my phone. Oh, no. It looks like we're not going to be doing a live show. Yeah, we are, because we've got to be professionals and just go for it anyway. So you do the next one. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Who would want to look at that horse in the mouth? It, it's not a good looking horse, is it? No. Look at the teeth on it. That was like me before I had braces. Well, they would look at the condition of his teeth to decide whether they wanted to buy it or not. So if somebody gives you a horse, you shouldn't be all like, oh, I don't want it because it's got some ratty teeth. All right, okay. So that's where look a gift horse in the mouth. All right, okay. So if someone gives you a free horse, don't look look at its teeth and, and point out fault in it. Exactly. Except what you've been given. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well... 
I've got one. Now, I was chatting with Tom about this, and I'm still frantically trying to get my phone to load, so this is one that... Ah, there we go. I asked him where sideburns come from. Now, he told me that it came from a general burn side who had these big sideburns or chops or whatever you might want to call them, Saturday Night Fever-esque hair on the side of their face. And I actually heard something different. When we went to Hlankayachvauer, which I know that I've mentioned loads of times on this show, when we went there, we were actually told that sideburns actually came from the people fighting at the time with muskets so they would fire the muskets they would obviously try and aim but back then guns obviously weren't as as cleverly built as they are these days and you used to get a lot of the shots would come out and actually burn the side of the face of these musketeers and as a result of that because they would leave these unsightly wounds and scars on the side of their face they started to grow these sideburns these hair that would grow over that so as to obscure the the view of these scars and i quite like the idea of that to be honest with you. i think that's that's quite a nice practical reason for having sideburns i don't have any no well that's because you shaved this morning no nice honeymoon <laughs> honeymoon wasn't that something to do with mead i think it was something to do with mead wasn't it well, didn't the bride's father give the no According to <laughs> according to tradition, a newlywed couple would have to drink a beverage with honey for an entire month. Yeah, honey for meat. fertility and good luck. Yeah, look, yeah, there it is. Look. Well, I'm happy for you. Ah, see, white elephant. Do you know about that? No. White elephants were considered to be sacred creatures in Thailand, yet they were also very hard to take care of. So what people used to do back in the day was if there was someone who they didn't necessarily like, they would give them a white elephant because they knew that that would be difficult for them then to take care of. But also a white elephant, because of its rarity, was also hard to hide. So you wouldn't be able to sort of put it to one side and say, oh, no, 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 it's there, you know, it's there amongst the other elephants because I'm sorry, clearly but- it wasn't. I'm sorry, but I would think that anything, any kind of elephant, would be hard to hide. I mean... No, but they used to use them for travelling, didn't they, in Thailand back in the day? They they I would use know, them I to get from A to there. B. You know, they were they were like the, the early Ford. Taxi cabs. Yeah. <laughs> Break a leg. Thank you very much. You did it once, didn't you? Kind of, sort of. I, I broke, it, broke it in style. <laughs> well, I don't know how to say that. Anyway, it translates to a broken neck and a broken leg. Besides that, it still doesn't make sense. Why would you wish someone to break a leg, you know, for good luck? I was reading the next one. (laughs) Say say it again. (laughs) You see? This is my life. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. What'd you say? At least I'm honest. I was taking a shit. Oh, I wasn't listening. Sorry. I was looking at my phone. What'd you say? I was preparing for the next one. What, what was it? Why would you say somebody break a leg for good luck? I don't know. Why? Well, actually, in folklore, they said that you actually encourage people to have bad luck since if you wish somebody good luck, it would tempt evil spirits. So technically, you wish them to have harm so that they actually have good. So it's like, what's that thing where you say to a kid where you, 
you know, the kid, you know, wants some candy or something, and then you go, oh, you don't want any candy, do you? Because it gives you a bad tummy every time, doesn't it? What is it? What's it called when you try and provoke them to say what you want them to say by using like a negative reverse psychology? Reverse psychology. That's what it is. Yeah. So that's kind of what they're doing there. Then is they're mm. using reverse psychology on the evil spirits. Is that right? Well, I don't know if it's right. No, but that's the point you're making. See, I listened. Okay, give someone the cold shoulder. Now, that was actually, or today it's considered an act of kindness, obviously. But in medieval times, after everyone was done feasting, the host would give the guests a cold piece of meat from the shoulder of the beef or the pork as a way of showing that it was time for everyone to leave. So actually giving someone the cold shoulder, because it was the last bit of meat, it's cold now, Mm -hmm. was... A sign to say, fuck off, I'm I'm done with you. Okay, then. Still still tells me it's kind of cold here on my right shoulder. <laughs> what was that look for? <laughs> kind of like a sexy sort of look at my cold shoulder. No, you didn't even get it. Tell no, I didn't get it. over your head. Yeah, it did go over my head. I said, oh, what's wrong? My shoulder, my right shoulder is kind of cold. Well, you're giving me the cold shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> You're a little slow today, because you don't listen. That's twice now. What did you say? Go on in, next one. You're not ready, are you? I'll give you one. <laughs> I'll give you one. Mm-hmm. Okay, riding shotgun. Now, this probably didn't originate during the Wild Wild West, but the Wild Wild West. <laughs> Get jiggy with it. <laughs> didn't, didn't originate necessarily in the Wild West, but probably later on when all of the Westerns, when John Wayne and, and all of his posse were making their movies and it actually relates to the person that would sit next to the driver of the stagecoach who would carry the shotgun and be able to fend off any baddens that were coming at them because obviously the guy driving was was busy driving mm. so riding shotgun having the shotgun and riding in the passenger seat oh, that's well, quite good. why would anybody want to do that anyway because in the day they were obviously like, going to be facing Indians and bandits and all the rest of it. So but, Yeah, they go like, hey, you want to come to the store with me? Sure, but I'm driving. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't you rather be the person with the gun? I would. No, because everybody be would what, what good are reins going to do you? You know, when you're being shot at? Nothing. Well, I don't know, but Give I me can the make shotgun. doors go faster. <laughs> <laughs> How about kick the bucket? Uh, no, I'm all right, thanks. This is kind of gross. I don't like this. So... On here it says that when the cows would be getting ready to be slaughtered, the people would stick a bucket under it. Yeah, because they were going to drain it. So so that, I guess they could catch the blood. I don't know. But anyway, the horse... The horse? The horse? The cow. Horses on the the brain. (laughs) The cow would start kicking its legs and stuff. (gasps) What? Just being a horse. Is that what that was? (laughs) Yeah, I was being a horse. (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't look anything like a horse that okay. looks somebody who is looks like somebody mentally challenged is what that looks like okay well i was trying to do the whole teeth thing with a horse like that picture we saw earlier come on get on with it so there's a cow hanging from a thing at the minute above a bucket yeah and, and then you know when they tried to slaughter it it would start kicking and it would knock over the bucket yeah that's not a nice image is it well, didn't say it was nice anyway i didn't write this list no but it's interesting now we're using these phrases every day and mm-hmm. you know okay what about if you butter someone up 
What do you reckon that is? Nothing to do with lube before you go giving me any of your Well, then I don't comments. know. It was actually people in ancient India used to throw balls of clarified butter at statues of gods in order to seek favour. Okay, then. Hmm. I guess they have, there's, um, gods have got some high cholesterol. Uh-huh. What about put a sock in it? When you, you know, when someone's talking and you say, ah, put a sock in it, will you? Uh-huh. Do you know what that was? No. You know the horns of gramophones? Yep. Well, in order to mute it, to turn the volume down a bit, they used to stick a sock in it to mute it so that it wouldn't be as loud in the house. Why didn't or wake they just up people. turn it down or something? They didn't have like volume like we've got. They, wasn't like, they didn't have an amplifier, did they? It was just a horn. I don't know. I never had one. No. I'm old, but I'm not that old. Did you know that stuff on the left side of the bed, or the left side of the bed, was supposed was to be you? considered the evil side? Yeah. You're so on the left side of the bed. If you woke up on the wrong side of the bed... That meant that you're going to have bad luck and that you were, like, crabby and that sort of thing. So they would push the beds up against the wall so that people couldn't get on that side. It's but a I bad always... night if you wake up with crabs. <laughs> it's a bad day. <laughs> bad morning if you wake up with crabs. Not a bad night. You might have had a good night, but you're going to be itchy in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> wake up crabby that's what that that's what that meant to me when you said wake up crabby oh uh, that's disgusting i know tell me about it so the saying son of a gun mm-hmm. what was that song son of a gun well have big fun on the bayou anyway brenda um, lee brenda lee was it okay back in the day i love the way they say back in the day i say that all the time as well but i don't know what day they're talking about i don't even know what year it was let it alone was what day, day it was the day Sailors would sometimes take their wives on long ocean voyages. It's believed that if the woman gave birth on a ship, it should take place between the cannons of the ship's gun deck, since it was the most secluded place. Because of this reason, a child that was born on a ship would be called a son of a gun. Well, now in that cool. Born between two cannons. <laughs> Shot out of one and then born between them. I know. <laughs> yeah. Did you know, totally switching the subject for a second, that I learned on CNN that we have forever that we've known how sperm swim, we've got it wrong because they actually do that? Well, you can't say do that. That means nothing to the people listening. You know, like twirl them around. They twirl around rather than flap side to side like you would assume a fish. They yeah. spin. So what the hell took so long to figure that out? Wow. That's interesting, isn't it? Well, at least I think that's what it was anyway, because I didn't read it's the probably, article. It's probably something totally wrong now. Oh, well, look it up. It's probably the egg spins. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, like the world. So you, you want me on my phone now to look up how sperm It was swim. on CNN. It has to be. It has to be right. Okay, I'm going to Google it now. You better keep CNN people. CNN sperm. CNN sperm. <laughs> Don't, Don't wiggle. Don't wiggle. Okay. Human. No way. They've said human sperm roll like playful otters as they swim. Study finds contradicting centuries-old beliefs. Isn't that cute? Crazy. Remind me of sea monkeys. You remember sea monkeys? Do you know I've never had sea monkeys. Your stomach's growling. I know. I'm not editing that either. Best man. A sperm deception. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out our eyes were wrong. Now using the -the state-of-the-art 3D microscopy... And mathematics, a new study says we've actually been the victims of a sperm deception. Sperm are very cheeky little creatures 
<laughs> cheeky little sperm. <laughs> you cheeky little sperm, you, you scallywag. <laughs> Our new research using 3D microscopy shows that we've all been victims of... I've already read that bit. Well, now they've written it twice. Why would you do that, CNN, naughty people? Well, it's a mathematics and engineering department in the UK, Bristol University, that found this out. If you want to see the real beating tail, you need to move with the sperm and rotate the sperm. So it's almost like you needed to make a camera really tiny and stick it in the head of the sperm. Ooh! Anyway, so yeah, apparently you're right. They actually rotate like a corkscrew type effect out the back. That's really interesting. I told you. Hmm. You don't believe me. Well, no, actually, the tail doesn't rotate because that would just wind up and then it go. They pew! just spin around. The whole sperm spins. Yeah. Yeah, like a bullet. Like a <laughs> like a screw. <laughs> There's two screws going on. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Go on next. Uh, well, I was trying. Best man. I've been a best man. Couple of few times. Twice. Twice. I've never been one. Couple of few times. Well, I'm glad about that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't have any sperm neither. Yeah, mine, don't, mine don't squiggle, spin, or twirl, or anything. <laughs> Go on. All right, I'll do it. Okay. Get on one's goat. Okay. I was trying to do the best man. Yeah, well, you didn't. Come on, then. You go well, for it. I can't Go on. do it that one, fast. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Six, seven, eight, nine. Come on. I can't. Okay, so get on one's goat like Bella's doing now. The meaning is obviously we use it as if we're being irritated by someone. But actually the origin is thought to be that during horse racing, some horses would get anxious. So owners would place goats in the stalls with them to calm them down. How would that calm them down? Rival Mm -hmm. horse owners would sometimes steal these goats before upsetting the horse and making it more likely to lose. I don't know. I didn't ask you a question. I finished reading it. Now he's not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Busted. (laughs) Go on. So anyway, this whole best man thing sounds just a little bit ridiculous to me. But anyways, there used to be possibly rival lords back in the feudal days when people would get married. So they would ask somebody to stand next to them so that if there was trouble, there would be somebody with them to help fight. Only problem with that is, if it's your flipping bride that's the problem, there's nobody there. Now, tell me about it. What about when your ears are burning? So, when your ears burning, at the moment, we say someone's talking about us, don't they? They say, well, your ears burning. Mm-hmm. But actually, it dates back to the ancient Roman times who believed that burning sensations in different parts of your body meant different things. And it was actually believed that if your left ear was burning, it meant that there was evil intent. And if your right ear was burning, you were actually being praised. So if they were both burning... You were fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever just get one ear burning. Do you? I'm not even aware of ear... Ow. I'm not even aware of ears burning. Don't your ears actually, ever actually, get hot? No. And the only time I can and... ever remember my ear burning was when I got hit in the side of the head with a football. <laughs> Let me tell you, that happened all the time as a kid playing football. I don't know why they used to hit me inside the head. Really don't. Got anything else or? No. No, okay. So letting the cat out of the bag. Okay, obviously, the meaning these days is to reveal a secret, either carelessly or by mistake. But the origin is thought to be that some time ago, farmers who sold pigs would bring them to the market wrapped up in a bag. 
unscrupulous ones would replace the pig with a cat. And if someone accidentally let the cat out of the bag, obviously the deception was uncovered. Well, I sure do hope they were talking about piglets and not big-ass pigs, because if you try to bring a big-ass pig in a bag, you put a cat in a bag instead, and you don't notice that, you got a problem. Yeah, but maybe it was a tiger. (laughs) No, but it doesn't matter. Well, no, a a tiger in a bag. (laughs) Give me a break. I'd like to see the person putting a tug. Get in there and fuck you. I'll tell you what, you, you ought to stick a bag, a, a cat in a bag and see what happens because I don't think no, it's no, going to no. stay in there. No, I don't want to stick a cat in a bag, thank you very much. People used to do that, didn't they, to drain them? They used to stick them in a, like a cloth bag and Why throw it in the river. Why would anybody do that? That's cruel. I know. There are cruel people in the world, horrible people in the world. But every cloud has a silver lining. Do you know where that comes from? From the sun. <laughs> Well, it says that it can be traced directly from a piece written in 1634 by an English poet, John Milton, called Comus, a mask presented at Ludlow Castle. I heard of Ludlow Castle. Well, we went there, you twonk. See? I so that's why you heard of it, because we were in it. <laughs> that was where we went to that antique thing, remember? That was shit. He spoke- but I got a brooch there. I'm surprised you got a brooch. You didn't get a freaking owl. <laughs> So anyway, he spoke of a silver lining of brightness behind a gloomy cloud, and soon afterwards, Milton's clouds became the staple of English literature. Literature? Literature. <laughs> the proverb, every cloud has a silver lining, eventually came into being in the 1800s, a time of optimism and positivity in the upper classes of Victorian England. Ooh, so yeah, it was the sun. Yeah. Ooh, I know this one, the whole nine yards. Do you know where that came from? Bryce told me this. We should have brought Bryce in here with us because he probably could have told us a lot of these. I know that. I know that. I know that. Yeah, it's true. I know that. That's that's rubbish. Yeah. Oh, yes. And there is one caveat to this whole thing. We don't know if all these are true. We're just... Reading them. Reading them. Yeah. So, the whole nine yards. So, during World War II, pilots would have a nine-yard chain of ammunition. And when they were going up against the enemy, you know, if they spent all of their bullets trying to get this other plane that they're having a dogfight with or whatever they would be sort of said to having given them the full nine yards the full chain of ammunition yeah all it really means is they're a shit shot (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe that's what people should mean now when they say the whole nine yards is actually you've tried everything and still fucking failed we almost ran out of breath i did (laughs) thanks for pointing that out go on go for it I don't want to go anywhere, see? Stop. What's an organ console? What's an organ console? Mm-hmm. A crotch. What? <laughs> crotch. An organ console. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she got it. <laughs> I don't know what an organ console is. No, it's a knob, so it must not be a console. Oh, well, organ console. So it's a, it's a, you know, an organ, like a church organ. Yeah, like a piano type thing, but mm-hmm. organ. They've got knobs and everything called stops that, that, that yeah, change yeah, the Yeah, 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 I get it, yeah, right. okay. Go on then, carry on. Well, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. See, because it says if you pull out all the stops, it meant that the organist would get the maximum volume out of the instrument. What the hell's that got to do with a stop sign? There's nothing to do with a stop sign. They've well, just put, they've just put a picture of a stop sign on there to show you that it was talking about stops, but really it had nothing to do with that. Pulling out all the stops. I, I can read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just apparently don't take it in. So it's a piece of cake, babe. Just read it. 
<laughs> because the next one is a piece of cake. Because some dude said life's like a piece of cake. That's why. No, the, no, he said life's like a box of chocolates. No. <laughs> so that a was piece his of great cake, grandson said that. Yeah, a piece of cake means something that's easily achieved. Obviously, that's how we do it these days. But the saying actually comes from an American poet, Ogden Nash, who in 1930 was quoted as saying, life's a piece of cake. Thank you. <laughs> you can't say some bloke said it. And then that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the reason for you saying thank you because well, I've said it a million times and I wasn't the person who came up with it. That <sighs> dude looked like he's trying to push out a big old turd, don't he? Yeah, but see, you keep saying stuff that the people aren't seeing, so you can't do that. Well, it still looks like that. Eating a humble pie. In the Middle Ages, there was actually a huge feast after a hunt, and the lord of the manor would receive the finest piece of meat, and the ones with lower status would eat a pie filled with the entrails, innards, and they were known as the umbles. Awful, awful. Awful. It was fucking awful. <laughs> Sweetbread. These who would eat this humble pie were considered to be humiliated since it symbolised their lower status. You see? So it's actually humble pie and not humble pie. That's quite interesting. I wonder if it happened here because y'all don't say anything about kettles and all that kind of stuff. Hotel. Yeah, go eat your humble pie. <laughs> Why did you sound like you were like northern? Humble pie. Oh, no, no, like, like sorry, like you're from Somerset or something. <laughs> it me, I don't talk like that. Well, at least when I try and do an American accent, I try and sound like you. <laughs> it reminds me, what's your problem? Right there. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one here, take the piss? Go on in. No, I'm asking you. It was, they used wee-wee it to was, dye stuff. Oh, really? I was going to say that it was probably something to do with taking out the bedpan. It's but, gross. They would go get it out of people's houses from their um, chamber pots yeah. and um, use them to dye stuff. That's really gross. How does that relate to people saying take the piss these days then? People didn't want to admit that they were actually, you know, piss collectors. Oh, right. Okay. So, hmm. get it? Well, no. I've never done such a thing. Look, aliens. Oh, yeah. There's more. Have you ever heard the saying run amok? Run amok. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. That comes from the Malaysian word amok, spelled A-M-O-Q, which describes the bizarre behaviour of tribesmen who, under the influence of opium, would become wild and attack people. That's like a lunatic, isn't it? They say that lunatic comes from the fact that people act crazy when there's a full moon. Mm-hmm. Are you listening then? Yeah, people act crazy when there's a full moon. Mm. Lunatic. Talking about moon, it's nothing to do with the moon, but... The SpaceX thing is going to land in about 20 minutes. Ooh. Looking forward to seeing that. Dragon is coming down. It's probably not a good thing when a dragon comes down. Selling someone down a river. Come on, what's that one? Because um, you weren't allowed to have slaves. They would have these people that would ship them down the river, sh- ship the slaves down the river, river and sell them. I don't know. Well, read it then. You read it. The idiom comes from 19th century in the southern states of America. During this period, it was already illegal to import slaves. Yeah. So there would be an internal trades where people would ship slaves down the Mississippi River and sell them at the market. For this reason, selling someone down the river symbolizes betraying someone and using them for your own good. Yeah. Wolf in sheep's clothing. (gasps) Little Red Riding Hood. 
Moving on. So the warning that you can't necessarily trust someone who appears kind and friendly on the outside is centuries old, dating back to the Bible. In the English language, the King James Version of the Bible from 1611 has this passage in Matthew 7:15: Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening woods. So... Wolves? No, ravening wolves. Uh, right, so... Ravening woods. I shouldn't trust you because you're Welsh and you probably got wool on and stuff, so you was probably... You're probably not what you seem. Is that what it is? I am a true sheep. Mm. Mm-hmm. A black sheep, probably, huh? Mm-hmm. No, you're not, because your whole family's weird, so <laughs> you're all right. I like sending this to my <laughs> mum after the show. <laughs> yeah, listen, you can say I'm what you the, want I'm about me. I'm the black me. sheep. You say, say whatever you want about me, but you say about my <laughs> mum at your own peril, because she'll take your head off. <laughs> no, she'd probably agree with me. I'm the black sheep of your family, because... I think you're all crazy. <laughs> pulling, pulling someone's leg. Where do you reckon that comes from? I so, don't know. You know what? You know what that means. Do you have that pulling someone's leg yeah. in America's phrase? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not like pull your finger. Yeah. So oh, uh, while there's no evidence to back these claims up, there's two popular theories. The first actually says that uh, thieves in medieval times who apparently pulled on the legs of their victims to trip them and then swiftly make off with their booty. Booty means something totally different these days because yeah, I've got a totally different image now going on. Mm-hmm. The second theory comes from the Tyburn, the principal place of execution in the old England. It referred to so-called hangers-on who tugged at the legs of people being hanged to give them a mercifully swift death. Neither of these theories is really plausible, however, so the search for the true origin continues. Why didn't they put that at the top? Don't bother reading this because it's probably not true. I don't know. Look. Please just punch. It came from Punch and Judy. I didn't know that. Well, read it out then. A puppet show in the 17th century called Punch and Judy featured a puppet named Punch who killed people and took great joy in doing so. Oh, he would feel pleased with himself afterwards, from which the saying, please just punch, was born. When you're a kid, when you look at things like cartoons and, and, you know, all the slapstick comedy you used to look at as a kid, it was quite loosely, but most of the time, based around hurting people, wasn't it? Mm. And then, were you talking about Punch and Judy as well? You know, Punch would always be hitting a crocodile with a, some kind of mallet or something, wasn't he, you know? I don't know, because I didn't ever hear Punch and Judy until I moved here anyway. Really? No. That's the way to do it. It was a thing back home as well. I'm sure people would know what it was, but I didn't. I can remember going to, like, fairs. See, we call them fairs, you call them carnivals, but I can remember going to fairs as a kid and seeing Punch and Judy there. Mm. And on the beaches, they used to have them on the beaches all the time as well. Yeah. So, read someone the Riot Act. That comes from the 18th century England. The Riot Act was actually a legal document that was read aloud in front of a crowd bigger than 12 people that were considered a threat to the peace. A public official would read a small part of the act and order people to leave peacefully within an hour. Anyone that remained after the hour was arrested and removed by force. Cool. And now we know. Yes. So civilised back then. Once in a blue moon. Come on, tell me what that one is. That'll be our last one. Looks like a marble, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Very rarely. Well, this is probably for real, because about a blue moon, because it doesn't happen that often in space. Yeah, this one is rather obvious, since a blue moon is an astronomical phenomenon that's visible only once every 2.7 years. 
It doesn't seem that astronomical, then. It's not like it's every 2,000 years, is it? Even though the moon actually looks more gray than blue, according to NASA, it might appear to be blue when it's affected by volcanic eruptions of forest fires due to oils and smoke. But I thought, I don't think that's true. Why? Because I don't. Why? Because I don't. No, but what's your reason? Well, because I just don't believe it. I've never seen a moon look like that before. I mean, it does say there that it actually looks more gray than blue. I thought you were going to say something like, <laughs> because there's no volcanoes or trees on the moon. Huh, look, see, a blue moon is just when the moon is full twice in one month. It has nothing to do with the colour. Well, that's somebody... And that's not... That's, and that's somebody that's, replying, though. We don't know. Well, I don't know. We don't know how right they are, do we? Well, I don't know, but maybe if we I mean, go... might be right. Maybe if we go, if, if we go watch the um, SpaceX Dragon Doohickey thingy, they might talk about it. Yeah, they might do. I doubt it, though. Well, I think they're going to be more interested in, in the shuttle that's coming down, rather than, you know, the fact that Bellaron, the Weird, Wacky, Wonderful Stories podcast, actually posed the question, does the moon really look blue? Here, look, somebody else said, although not well explained in the original post, I'm nevertheless pleased that the original definition of a blue moon was use, which is the third full moon in a season that has four full moons. In modern times, people use the term to refer to the second full moon in a calendar month, but this is not from where the term was derived. <laughs> so, no clear whatsoever. <laughs> That's like an Ikea manual, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> no, because this has got words. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> well, we've come to the end of the show, Bella. You can relax now. Well, I'm going to go to bed now. I know. Tell me about it. I've been up all day working on my university paper. Well, and actually, then, actually, and then I get twenty minutes, twenty minutes, and then you drag me into this flipping heat-filled, hot-ass room, which is the hottest room in the house, yeah. and the smallest, and you make me do this. Uh huh. And you and you're not going to edit it. Nope. So everybody's going to find out how much of an idiot you are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and guess what? You married me. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, no, no. Well, you, you asked me to. <laughs> you fucking said yes. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening once again. Don't forget you can go to www.weirdwackywonderful.co.uk and visit our website where you can learn more about the shows, learn more about us and Ruth Roper Wild and Richard Lenny and also Tom, Tom. as well. You can find out about the clothing that we're now going to start to put back on again. I'm going to do that today or tomorrow. We're going to whack those back on there. We've even got face masks, y'all. So if you're one of those face people who believes, <laughs> so if you believe in wearing face masks other than to go into the bank, then you can. Nice. Um, yeah, you can pick one of our weird, wacky, wonderful face masks up. That would be absolutely great. Although I have to admit, they don't really do much to protect you, but they look good. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that all... isn't even us. That's all down to Heidi, isn't it? The yeah, logo, that's the yes. only reason they look good. Yeah, yeah. And you can also catch up with us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of those other lovely places where people tend to hang out on the media called social. Cool, let's go. Okay, guys, thank you very much once again for listening. And we will remain, as we hope you will, weird, weird wacky, wacky, and, and wonderful. wonderful.